Hey friends, welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Ren, and I am super glad you're here. Each week, I get to chat with a friend who has a story to tell, a dream that she's pursuing, or a passion to share. I have been reading the funniest, funniest book called Same Here, Sister Friend. It is one of those books that leaves you uplifted, encouraged, and ready to do motherhood in the trenches. So funny, spiritual application, but funny, tears running down. It was so funny. It's curated by Holly Mackle, and Holly has given us a discount code. If you go to Shopify and order the book, Same Here, Sister Friend, you can get a 20% off discount code. The code is FEATHER20. So go check that out. Buy one for you, buy one for your sister friends in your life, and you will not regret it. Okay, here's the show. Today is episode number 37, and I get to chat with my friend Alicia. God led Alicia and her husband and her children out to a small community in Dillon, Montana to move their business, and they were only going to stay a year. He led them to stay there full-time now. They've been there four years, and I really love the conversation that Alicia and I had. We talk about identity in Christ. We talk about freedom from those past mistakes before she became a Christ follower. We also talk about social media and kids and Um, how to really safeguard your family for that, and just so much, so many good things that she is doing in women's ministry out there in Dillon. I promise that you will be encouraged by hearing Alicia's story and just the biblical truth that she brings to this conversation. So here we go. Here's my friend, Alicia. All right, so welcome to the (laughs) podcast, Alicia. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's it's good to see your face. Even though it's over Skype, it's good to see you. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so let's talk about how we met. Um, I don't even remember the year, but I just remember I was teaching kindergarten, and I was able to, or it was junior kindergarten at the time. Yes. Yes. And I got to teach your son, Luke, and he was adorable and still is. But I remember the funniest thing when we would do circle time. We were, it would be like, we would say, okay, um, we'd say the month is August and the kids would repeat the month is August. And I would say the date is the 22nd. They would say the date is the 22nd. And then I'd say the season is fall. And he'd say, and everybody would say the season is fall. And it's every day, no matter what, right after I did that, I paused because I knew Luke was going to say something. And he always said fall, like all have fallen and short and fallen short of the glory of God. Every day he would say that. It was the sweetest thing because he just knew fall. That was another Bible. That was fall. That was from the Bible verse. It was hilarious. That's and awesome. I loved it. Every, he that he had that scripture in his heart already. Don't you love when kids teach us? Yes. Yes. I know. I remember you made me remember a memory of him. We had this art table that my kids love to draw every day. Mm-hmm. And one night I was going to bed, and Luke was probably about four. And I saw this picture on the table, and it was a cross with Jesus on the cross crying, mm. and then all of the people at the bottom crying. Oh. And I, it just melted my heart. And so mm. the next day I meant to ask him about it, but I forgot. Mm-hmm. And so the next night, I noticed there was another picture, and this picture, Jesus wasn't crying, and only some people were crying on the mm. bottom. Mm. 
And I said, you know, buddy, why'd you change the picture? You know, he said, well, the ones that aren't crying, they're the ones that know he's going to rise again. Mm. My goodness. (laughs) Preach it. (laughs) And how old was he at that time? He's about four. Yeah. He's, he just always has a, a wisdom about scripture that blew me away. Absolutely. I remember that. I remember looking at you saying, he's, he's going to do great things. And I think he's, He's probably going to be a preacher, but he probably will be a preacher before even, like, even if he doesn't do that as a ministry, as a job, he could do that, you know, I mean, just preaching to to us. But anyway, it was the sweetest thing I remember. And then I taught your daughter a few years later when she was in junior K. And I remember Ellie, you know, that time, at that time I had opened up with the kids and said, hey, I'm, I'm really praying that God will give me a baby because I was, we were trying to have a baby at the time. And I remember her prayers for me blew me away, blew me away. I mean, just praying for me at home with y'all, but then also praying at school, like when we would have prayer request time, it was the sweetest thing. So I just, I saw, I just see and saw God work in your family. And I know it starts with you and your husband. And I knew you were doing it at home and encouraging the kids to, to walk it out. I mean, in practical ways. Well, it's funny that you brought up that memory because when you had asked me, that memory came to mind because mm-hmm. that memory, God used that circumstance in your life to teach Ellie. I remember she came home and was talking about, you know, she wanted us to pray for you. And she said, Miss Robin said she wants us to pray for her to have a baby, but there's three answers that God will give us. Yes, no, or not now. Mm. And and she said, but we can trust him no matter what the answer is. Oh. And so it was, I know it was so cool to walk through that and her mm. to see you use that circumstance, you know, to build their faith mm. in trusting God no matter what. It was cool. Mm. That makes me teary <laughs> right now because, boy, you know, when you're walking through something, you don't think um, you, you don't really know what's why. What is why is this happening? Why is this happening? Yeah. But I'm so grateful. And then God answered that prayer yes Yes. about a year later so yeah so we really got to celebrate it It was it was it was great it was great well I just appreciate your being a part of my life and you weren't like a mom of the kids I taught I mean you were a friend and so I, I appreciate just the closeness of the parents and the teachers that we got to experience. And I really yes, do. me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> so, um, so that's how we met. And, yeah. okay, so tell us a little bit about you and your family. Well, um, my husband and I have been married for almost 18 years. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to do the math. He's right. much better than I am. <laughs> oh, how funny. Um, but um, we have five kids together. Um, there's two older, Nick and Maggie, who are in their early 20s. And then um, at home, we have Eli, who's 15, Luke, who's 14, and Ellie, who's 11. Can you believe it? I know. I'm thinking, <laughs> are you kidding? Those are double digits. How did that happen? <gasps> Ooh, and two of them teenagers. Can't believe that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and where do y'all live? So we live in Montana. A small town called Dillon, Montana. We moved here temporarily. (laughs) (laughs) You thought? Um, I can't believe it's been almost four years. It has. Okay, Um, I wasn't sure how long. Wow. 
yeah, August will be four years. But we came here temporarily to um, open up a new location with Kevin's company. And um, I remember him coming to me and saying, you know, what do you think about us going to Montana for about a year? You know, we have an opportunity. We could go and do that since we're opening up this new location. And um, in my mind, I'm like, we can pray about it. (laughs) But I don't think that's going to lead us to that, you know? (laughs) How funny. And it was so funny because we started praying about it and Mm. the doors just opened. God gave me a a peace about it. It, Mm. it It was amazing because I remember at church at that time we were singing the song Oceans. Yeah, yeah. And um, that line at the end where it says, um, trust without borders. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it kind of had, you know, that was my favorite worship song at the time. I just, that mm. song meant a lot to me. And um, when we realized we were moving to Montana, I had a friend give me um, a frame of those words. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, spirit lead me. Yeah, um, and you're like, yeah, yeah, without borders, yeah, we're going yes. to the west, and we live yes. in Tennessee. <laughs> yes, and and as wow. we were crossing over the Montana line, mm. the radio was on, Mm-mm. and that song came on. No, it did not. No, it did yes, not. Yes, it did. Oh, my yes, goodness. Yes, it did. I was just a mess. I was bawling. <laughs> oh, my word. Because that, was that like a huge faith jump for oh, y'all? It was. It was. Um, you know, I had been in Memphis for... 28 years at that time and um, was in ministry at the Orchard Church and loved doing ministry there. You know, I have so many friends over there that have been have been lifetime friends for me. Mm. Um, So to leave that, um, it was it was so surreal because to do it with peace was a whole new level of trusting God. It, it was a great opportunity to to trust Him on on a different level, you know. Well, and also to share show that with your kids. I mean, because at the time, yes. so four years ago, um, they would have been seven, nine, and ten. No, yes, seven, ten, and eleven, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that was probably a faith journey for them or for them to see in y'all and to yes. see y'all model for them. Yes. Yeah. What do you think was the biggest lesson you learned in that? Um, really, it was, you know, our home is not where we are. Mm. Our home is Christ in us. Mm. And no matter what circumstances we're in, if we feel God is leading us in that, and he's always with us, Mm -hmm. so we can find peace in that and we can be comforted in that. Um, And there are times that the enemy wants me to think about things like, um, you know, don't you miss all your friends? And don't, well, yeah, I do. Um, But I know God called us here and I know, um, that he's working in that and and I love that and I can rest in that. So that mm-hmm. was the biggest lesson for me. Yeah. And so y'all are out there, you think you're there for just a year and yes. then what happened? We were getting ready to come back, go back to Memphis and 
and figure out, you know, what we were doing from there. And Kevin, I just really felt this calling to stay. I mean, the kids loved it out here. There's so much to do outdoors. Mm. And, um, I don't know. We just felt like God was leading us to stay, stay here. Um, Mm. so we prayed about it and, um, we decided to stay and it was crazy. I mean, it was like, what are we doing? We just, we just felt a piece about it. Um, Yeah. So it's been really fun. That's great. So let's kind of go back a little bit. Let's go back a little, right. Tell me what was going on in your life. I know you met Jesus and started relationship with Jesus when you were an adult. And so Mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about what was going on in your life right before that. And then how did you come to know Jesus? Okay. Um, well, I was 25 at mm. the time and, um, I grew up going to church. I never understood a relationship with Christ. Um, Kevin and I were both traveling a lot with our jobs and we would share books and, um, series and different things. And he had read the left behind books and he said, I think you'll enjoy it this series. And so I started reading it and I loved it. And it wasn't about like the fear of being left behind. That was not, not in the cards for me. It was in the books. I got to see people having a relationship with Christ, Mm. like talking to him and, and, you know, living for him. And I had never understood that before. Mm. Um, and was he a Christian at the time? Um, he, he was a Christian. He had accepted Christ when he was a kid and he, um, you know, his parents did a great job at instilling that in him. Um, but he had walked pretty far away from it. Um, neither one of us were walking with the Lord at the time. Right. And, um, and plus also when I look back, I can see that God had put a couple of people in my life. Um, this one girl I was doing scrapbooking with at the time Mm -hmm. um she was a christian and she would talk about her faith and it made me curious and Mm. you know about it like i well i i believe in god but i don't i don't think about it like that you Mm. know Mm -hmm. so i can look back and see where god was was guiding me in that yes yeah yeah so that's cool okay so you started kind of getting reading some books kind of you know, intrigued, maybe curious about, Mm -hmm. well, how do they walk with Jesus? What does that mean? So what kind of sealed the deal with you where you're like, I, I need, I need this relationship with Jesus. I need him. Well, just understanding, you know, before it was like, okay, I believe in God. Okay. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to check it off the list. It was a checklist. You know, Mm. it wasn't, it wasn't personal. Mm. Um, and so when I understood what it meant to have a relationship with Christ, I mean, I remember like just on my face in my bedroom, mm. you know, kneeling and asking him to be my Lord and Savior. I wanted that personal relationship with him. Mm. And and it has been the biggest change in my life that, you know, I have ever experienced, obviously. Mm. Um, but it is something radically changed my life my beliefs my values you know Mm. yeah so it wrecked you in a good way in the best way possible (laughs) absolutely yes because like I said we were not walking with the Lord before that and um you know I had made a lot of bad choices in my life I I was I was writing my own story 
Hmm. And I think, you know, when we're not walking with the Lord, that's what we're doing. We're writing our own story and we're being led by the world. And when we come into a relationship with Christ and we get to see the difference of the story that our creator has for us, hmm. It's nothing that can ever compare. I mean, mm. when we write our own story versus what he has for us, the story he has for mm. us, mm. we could never even touch. Mm-mm. Right, right. Touch it's it. so different and so much yes. better. So much yes. better than we would yes. ever imagine. Like that scripture yeah. verse that says, he is exceedingly abundantly above all that can we can ask or think. So Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So tell me, I feel a lot, and you probably feel this way too. You let me know what you what you think, but I feel like a lot as women, I feel like we have a lot of comparisons. Mm-hmm. I feel like we have a lot of jealousy, a, a lot of insecurities. It kind of goes mm-hmm. goes straight back down to insecurities um, in our own life, and I feel like we if we just can't get past that, and so that's why we compare is because we just have those insecurities in our own life. How do you get past that? How do you get past the comparisons and insecurities? For me, I would say, um, you know, when we're writing our own story, instead of listening to the story that God has for us, mm-hmm. um, we are led, you know, we are led by our, our mind, will, and emotions. You know, our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, our um, desires. And when we're led by those things, that that's the kind of things that create jealousy and comparison and want com- competition and um but when we renew our minds you know that's mm. what god calls us to do renew our minds and what he means by that is um let the holy spirit lead mm-hmm. you know he gave us the holy spirit which is a gift not to be timid second timothy 1 5 6 i think says or 6 7 it's not a spirit to make us timid. Mm-hmm. It's of power and love and self-discipline. And when he, what he means by renewing our minds is learn, let him teach us the process of being led by the Holy Spirit and not by our desires and our emotions and our thoughts. Um, and when we learn how to do that, what I've seen is, you know, God has put me in women's ministry since we've been here and I am loving it because it's all about what, what you're saying. Because, um, after I became a Christian, I was so blessed with mentors in my life. Um, Amy Galloway, um, Nadia Alm, which, you know, Nadia, um, and then Mary Zimmerman. I had three fabulous women Mm -hmm. in Memphis that mentored me and showed me that process of, um, not only renewing my mind, but forgiving myself for my past. Mm. Um, and then also accepting the identity that God gives us. Um, what do you think that you know, looks like? How does, how does, what does that look like? You know, there is a sheet that um, we've used a lot lately um, in our group to really focus on the identity that Christ gives us. And actually I took this sheet from the armor of God study by Priscilla Shire. Oh yeah. But it, Yeah, it's just a full list of who God says we are. Mm. Um, Because when we're listening to our mind, will, and emotions, you know, the enemy, that's where he gets us. Yes. And he wants us to think we are one thing. Mm. But when we look at who our creator says we are, Mm -hmm. you know, he says we have peace. He says we are princesses in his kingdom. We are completely forgiven. 
Mm. Um, we are a child of His. We are here for a purpose in His story, just like when we read in the Bible. You know, all these people we read about, they had a purpose in His story at that time. Mm. But we were created today for a purpose in His story right now. His story is still going on. Mm. And so when we start to recognize the truth and apply that about our identity, it takes away the comparison and the insecurities Mm -hmm. and it brings in celebration of each other. And it does. Yes. It's that community over competition. Yes. That I love. I love that hashtag so much because, and I've seen you on Facebook and doing great women's ministries. And, you know, like you said, for such a time of as this, that we're created for what God, his story, what, what he's doing now. And I love that. And I love seeing that, that you do. I mean, do you speak, regularly at your church or do you go to other churches what do you do um no we um when i first came here i had a few friends who wanted to get together and do a bible study and there was only six of us Mm -hmm. and um after a couple of studies um i really felt the lord nudging us to open it up to the community Mm -hmm. and this is only a community of five thousand people okay um and we have done several studies since then but um I mean, there's the highest number we've had is like 70 something women. It's, mm. it's been amazing to see that this message that God is giving us about, you know, coming together as women instead of what you're saying, you know, mm. comparing and competing. Um, when we learn who we truly are in Christ, it, it kind of deflates all that. It know? does. It does. Well, so you're saying y'all started with six women and now it's up to 75? Um, well, I mean, some studies will be anywhere from, you know, 45 to 70. That's wonderful. Um, That is awesome. It is awesome. And, um, it's a great community of women and we're just all hungry to come together and Mm. grow together and, and support each other, you know, and disciple each other and walk together. And so it's It's really great. It's so, it's so needed. I feel like for younger generations to see that and also for our generation to do it. Yeah. And, um, so I, I appreciate that. I love that, that you're doing that. That's great. Mm. So tell me, how does this, talking about our um, fullness in Christ and our identity in Christ, how does that translate to how you raise your kids? The way in raising our kids that God has shown me is um, not to think that we're perfect and we don't make mistakes. Mm. Um, And slowly over time, God uses different timing to share different things with our kids um, and what he's done to redeem us. I think the most important thing is just building that foundation so they know who they are in Christ. And just what Mm -hmm. we talked about, that's not just for women. Absolutely. I mean, that's for these men too. And that's what, I mean, men compete possibly even more than women. Yes, you're right. We all need to understand what our identity is and be secure in that and move forward. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a challenge in today's parenting Mm -hmm, with, mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think social media and those kinds of things play a big part in our kids insecurities and stability. And, um, while it can be a great tool for some things, you know, we do have to, we're the first generation of parents to really weave through what this looks like. Right. Well, and, and I was going to back up and ask you also is, um, you know, I'll tell you the most humbling time for me is when 
I have to go and apologize to my child for something yes. like that. I mean, that's <laughs> that's where they're like, yeah, you're not perfect. You know, like, yeah. I really get it now. And Or if you have to apologize to your spouse in front of your child. I had to do that yes. last week. You know, it's like yeah. <laughs> things that you're like, I need to keep a short account because I know that my heart is is wicked you know I'm I'm a sinner and that's it's just humbling when you have to do that in front of your kids but it's the only way to live it's that it's God's spirit in you that prompting you to oh that was that was not right you need to make it right right now so yes um but so let me kind of take it as you know we're talking about social media and technology with kids. How do you go through that? So you have an 11 year old, a 14 year old and a 15 year old. I have a five year old. So how does that look? You know, I want to be able to, and I know with some moms that have younger kids or even kids your age, how do we kind of, you know, I see on social, I see it on social media, on Facebook articles and things, which is great because I feel like we need to be armed with um, the truth about social media, but we need mm-hmm. to also be, um, you know, we just need to know how to navigate through it. So how do you do that? The first thing that came to mind when you said that one, we were at school, you taught, um, and where we met, Ann Smith um, did a technology class with um, my boys, and they brought home a sheet one day that I loved, and I can't remember the exact wording. We still have it. I just don't know where it is, but it's something like, um, whatever my ears hear, whatever my eyes see, whatever my mind thinks, let it all be for the glory of God. Mm. Um, and I loved that because um, I used that a lot with the kids because our kids are going to make mistakes. Right. This generation, it's not if they make mistakes right. or if they see porn or if mm-hmm. it's when. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Right. Um, That's scary. So, it's so scary. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the truth. It is the truth. But so it's not about completely protecting them. Yes, we need to put in safeguards and we need to put in parental controls and we need to sure. learn about that stuff. I did right. all of that. Mm-hmm. but we need to prepare them for when they do see it. And that's why mm-hmm. I loved that card because um, we need to teach them that the enemy is going to put things in front of you. And what are you going to do with that? Right. You know who, and that, again, that's understanding their identity. Mm-hmm. If you are a child of God, how are you going to respond to this? How do you think um, God would lead you in responding to this? And another thing um, we that's did good. Another thing we did with the boys, um, and you know, we'll do with Ellie, but we started having conversations with them too when we started having the talks about, um, you know, sex and our bodies and all of this, um, and especially with pornography so big in our world today. Um, what do you want your wife to be doing to prepare herself for you? Mm, that's so good. Yeah. Um, And just to ask questions like, um, you know, tell it like it is. I mean, what is pornography? That is someone's daughter. That is someone's sister. Mm. That is someone's future wife. Mm. Um, Is what are you going to do with that? Mm. You know, are are you going to feed the enemy in that? Mm. You know, or just pray about what does God want me to do with that? When I see stuff that's going to lead to that. Mm What am I going to do with that? Who, what do I want to be doing to prepare myself for my 
future wife? And what do I want her to be doing for me? Hmm. And just thinking through that and respecting um, what your future is going to be with that person, I think, is a great way to really think that through that. Because we know as adults, you know, we carry that past baggage with us. Hmm. And we have to learn to let that go and to be free from that as well. But it, it it's not easy. Right, right. I mean, it it just like our identity, we have to work through that and release it. But... Why even carry it? You know, if we can teach them that foundation in the beginning, you know, maybe they won't even have to carry that into that. Um, so that was one piece of it. But we also, the kids are not on social media. And, mm. you know, as parents, again, it's not about judging each other. We're all going right. to, we can all pray pray about it and mm-hmm. see where God is le- leading us mm-hmm. um, as a parent for the kids that he has put us over mm-hmm. um but you know research is showing more and more that social media is not okay for middle schoolers right um they're not capable they've not um matured enough mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in their brain to really mm-hmm. be able to handle right. the insecurities mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that social media do i i mean i've seen people friends of my boys I've seen them on Instagram in the middle of the night posting a picture of them saying, rate me one to 10, you know? Mm. Um, mm. And so it's that's heartbreaking. Of, that's yes. so heartbreaking. Yes. And that's just the beginning. I mean, mm. there's Snapchat and there's, oh, right. you know, all these mm. things that um, can just, before they even have an identity, you right. know, make them so insecure. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think that's wise for you to say we're not going to do this in middle school. Yes. Um, and, we're, you know, we're going to pray about when the right time is. I mean, I think Eli's getting close, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but, again, that's different for every parent. And right. we don't have to, you know, that we don't need to feel like, you know, we're being judged if we don't do it by, you know, a certain mm-hmm. age or if we do it before that age. It, it's just as a parent, just praying about God, what do you have for this child? What is the best for this child um, to understand his identity in you? And, you know, that's a big piece that God has shown me the last few years. So I think that's why it's so um, prevalent for our family, because I don't want their identity to be defined by social media ratings, you know, and how many <laughs> likes they get. And that, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just yeah. can't handle that yet. Um, and like you said, different kids are are on different maturity levels, and there might yes. be a fifteen year old, you know, girl that is a lot more mature than a fifteen year old boy. Obviously, exactly. Or, you know, might be a fourteen year old boy that is a mm-hmm. lot more mature than sixteen. So you have to kind of gauge that, and you have to, like you said, you go to the Lord and you and you seek Him for that wisdom to know what to do. Yes, and you have to know their personalities because, mm. um, you know. I have two very social um, kids Mm -hmm. that have the gift of, you know, speaking and being in front of people. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have to be careful with that, too, because um, you get in. It's easy to get into people pleasing with that kind of personality. Um, And so. You know, social media doesn't work well with that. <laughs> it doesn't. If you're with if a you're young child, to teach them. Yes, if you're yeah. trying to teach them, yeah. you know, it's about doing it for the glory of God and not 
you know, mm-hmm. and to it please seemed- people. And it seems like it, it's probably a daily thing, you know, and not just a, a you know, monthly thing or weekly yeah. thing. It's a daily thing. It's conversations around the table, like you said, that y'all are opening it up. And, you know, yeah. I remember when we had a, I think it was a teacher appreciation, um, I guess a luncheon or something. And it was right when the movie Noah came out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember this, but I was at the table and, you know, me at that point, I had not, I, maybe I had, maybe he was one. Well, maybe it was right, maybe right before y'all left. I don't know. But I did not have a child that was um, older or even, you know, out of the baby stage yet. And I remember thinking, nope, nope, we're not going to go see that movie. We're not going to see it. It's not biblical. We're not going to go see it. And I remember you said gently, and you said, well, actually, we are, we have seen it, and we've sat down and talked with Eli about it, and Luke probably, and talked to them, and they were able, we were able to go to scripture and say, okay, this was accurate, but this part was not accurate. This is, let's go back to God's word. And that taught me so much of, of me, of, of opening my mind to, you know, everything's not cut and dry, Ren. You think it is. You don't have a child yet. I mean, you know, like, my child was a baby, so I'm like, the baby stage and it opened my eyes to know you know this is how you train a child this is how you teach him is you show him that and you go to God's word you go back to God's word you go back to scripture and I appreciate that about you with your boys and and Ellie that you do that oh no I love that because I am very black and white so God has really had to walk through that with me too because (laughs) because I yeah I'm just so like no you were not going to yeah. do that at all. And that, but that yeah. really opened my eyes and, and I've been on a journey too of, of, well, no, let's, let's look at that. So, mm-hmm. uh, but always going back to God's word. And so what would you, like, we've been talking about identity and, and, you know, and women and their identity in Christ and kids and their identity and, and men too, you know, all of our identities in Christ. And, um, how, how would you, what would you tell the person? It might be a young woman or older or it could be any anybody that's listening it could be a husband that's listening with his wife what would you say to somebody that really needs to that needs to have that freedom from their past or or Mm -hmm. needs that needs to be walking in that freedom what would you say Mm -hmm. to them you know that journey really began for me I was um studying with Amy Galloway um, she had just had twins and we were doing a Bible study in her home. Could you imagine just no. having twins no. and leading a Bible study in your home? No, I, I'm just now, and he's five. I'm just now like, maybe I could do a Bible study in my home. I mean, like, really? And she had twins. Wow. And I loved it because she, that study and her taught me a lot about freedom because, I mean, we would go in and her sink would be full of dishes. And I loved it because I mm-hmm. loved that she felt the freedom to have women in her home with dishes in her sink. And that yes. um, spoke volumes to me. But the study we were doing was Breaking Free. Mm. Um, By Beth Moore. I've done this. Yes. Okay. I've done that study four times. And mm. I've gotten something different out of it every time. But, oh, wow. Um, the, I was really struggling one week about forgiving myself. And that week was about Isaiah 61, and I'm going to read this to you, but it's when God taught me that he can turn all ashes to beauty. Mm. And so um, Isaiah 61, Isaiah um, is prophesying this verse, and actually Jesus 
in the book of Luke comes back and repeats this verse. Um, But this is what it says. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And Mm. I love this scripture because not only is he saying, you know, this was, yes, this was in the Old Testament and it was being prophesied to um, the Israelites and, you know, the Jewish people. But, um, you know, his promise to Abraham was that the Messiah would be a blessing for a multitude of nations. Mm-hmm. So this was not just for the Jewish people. Right. You know, the Messiah was for all who would believe. Mm-hmm. And so he he's telling us right here that um, he wants to give us a crown of beauty in, instead of our ashes. And he wants to give us joy instead of mourning. Um, he wants to bind up the brokenhearted and free us, mm-hmm. um, release us from the darkness. And he wants to call us oaks of righteousness. Mm. Um, and it's beautiful. And so, yes. And that whole process just walked me through. Okay, he does not want me to live in this bondage. Mm. This is not the story he's writing for me. Mm. You know, that was the story I wrote. Mm. But but he has a way bigger story, and I want to be a part of that. And to be a part of that, I need to let all of that go. And. Mm. Um, the, that last line, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor, that's him saying, you know, he has planted us for such a time as this <laughs> in his story for his glory. And um, that session at Amy's house, you know, we studied this process, but also it was to bring our past or our sins or whatever we're holding on to to Christ's feet. But to me, that wasn't the hard part. Mm. The hard part was to turn around Mm. and leave it there. Mm. Yeah. And, and that was the piece that I needed that when I needed to say, okay, I know you forgive me. And now I need to forgive myself. Mm. That's huge. Yes. Huge. That's huge. Yes. Turning around, laying it at his feet, but turning around and walking away in freedom. Yes. Yes. Mm. Did you ever have struggles like after that, like to to pick it back up? Um, you know, I would say no. That's so good. Um, because I have seen him over and over in my life use my struggles for his glory, mm. um, and I love that. Yeah, I, I love that um, he can use <laughs> our yeah. mistakes and our past and all that. Uh, for good in other people's lives yes, and, and to free them and to, you know, um, let them experience that release from bondage. And so that's great. It's a joy mm. to have walked through that process. 
that's you know, great for his glory yeah yeah that's awesome that you're using it for his glory and i love mm-hmm. that and the yeah. group that you're doing out there with your women's ministry at your church i just love that i think that's awesome on facebook i saw a picture when you were doing the black and white challenge where you take pictures of things in black and white and uh-huh. there was a, a pig there was a picture of your journal and it had a letter r and then it said read verses on fear and then it had an e and then there was all these scriptures on fear. So is that, is R for read versus on yes. fear? What does the E stand for? So um, we actually just, we just finished a study on Esther. Okay. And um, what we used was um, this process called REAP, R-E-A-P. Okay. And um, Sam Shaw taught this. Okay. Um, years ago at the orchard and it really stuck with me because I think it's an easy way for people to learn how to study the Bible on their own. Hmm. Um, you know, cause so many times with us, we, we get in a study and we do great and then the study ends and then hmm. we just wait for the next study. But you know, right. We gotta, we don't we have gotta to have do have that. It. Yeah. <laughs> no, we've got to do it for do ourselves. Yes. Right. And so, yeah. That's what we did in this last study is taught that REAP process, but then studied the book of Esther by doing the REAP process. That's so good. Day. Have yeah. you heard of Katie Orr? Because she I has, it's mm-hmm. called, she's, she has the Focus 15 method and it's like that. Mm-hmm. She kind of yes. says it's 15 minutes a day, but obviously you can go further than that. But it's where she teaches you every day, five days a week of how to take apart the script. You take one scripture and you take it apart like you're doing and it. It's great. I'm, and that's what I'm doing now. It's really, it's really good because you're really looking at scripture at verses that you've seen a million times and like, huh, that's what that, you know, you pick keywords out and, but you really study it for yourself. That's exactly the same thing. And it's so good. Like we need to do that. It is. And there's quite a few, you know, there's REAP and then there's some other, you know, acronyms that um, do the same thing. But, um, okay. So what does REAP stand for? Read? Read. So if you were reading, let's say Isaiah 61, Mm -hmm. you know, what we just read one through three, Mm -hmm. um, that would be the reading. And then E is examine. So you're examining the text. Now we use a study Bible. Um, and so we read, you know, the study portions and then just let God take us where he wants to take, take us on that. Oh, Okay, I want to understand. It says Jesus said this in Luke four, so I want to go to Luke four and I want to read. You know, he'll, it's so yeah. fun to go on a journey with God. It and, is because one thing so, will lead to another, and yes. then all these cross references. And it's like, wow, you're so awesome. Thank I you. Know. And so it's just examine. What are you reading in the text? What did you just read, and what did you gain out of that? Okay. Okay. A is for apply. So how do how does that apply um, to our walk? How does that apply to um, how we know God more from this? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and how does it apply personally? So you know, we just did that with Isaiah sixty one one through three. You know, we the way God applied that in my life was to say. Um, he wants to give me a crown of beauty and not these ashes. He doesn't want me to hang on to that. He's called me into righteousness. He wants to bind me, you know, from being kept. I mean, he wants to free me from being captive. So that's the apply piece. Okay. Okay. Um, 
And then P is for pray. So from that reading, I would say, um, God, thank you. Thank you that I don't have to sit in this bondage. Thank you that you're a God, that you will free me from this and that um, you are giving me a crown of beauty Mm. that makes me feel so awesome. Thank you for that. Help me to let this go. Help me to lay it at your feet and walk away from it. Um, Mm. So that's the pray piece on that. It's so good. I love it. (laughs) Practical. Yeah. And so when we started the Esther study, we only took, like, this was just one through three. And you see how much meat is in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it was funny because the ladies were like, we started off with like two or three verses for the first week. And they're like, that was so hard. I was like, how am I supposed to get something out of two verses? But then God just like showed me all this stuff. And, you know, when we just take a small piece of scripture Mm -hmm. at a time, then we really get to learn how to dig in and... And not feeling like you have to do a whole chapter because once you learn that process, God may just have you read a couple of verses. He may stop you right there and then take you on another journey. But you may read a whole chapter. Right. But at least you can start to recognize where he's wanting to take you, you know, that day. Yes. It's good. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So at the end of my episodes, I ask my friends what it's my eat, read, pray, love segment. So let's, okay. let's kind of go into what are you praying for right um, now? You know, the identity piece is really big for me right now that um, we could just be um, a generation that teaches um, who our true identity is, you know, to combat this. Um, world we live in that says we're one thing, but God says we're another. I just pray that God would continue to put people in people's lives that would show them their true identity to freedom, freedom. You know, Mm. Jesus came to set us free. I mean, yes, we have eternal life, which is awesome. It's the most, you know, it's the ultimate gift, but eternal life doesn't start when we die. Mm. You know, it starts the day we accept Christ. So how do we, start living in that freedom today, you know, so that's been a big prayer. What are you reading? Um, you know, in the last year I haven't read much. I, uh, I'm loving, (laughs) I'm loving the, um, the chronological study Bible. It's a life application chronological Bible. Mm -hmm. And it is fascinating, um, because it's world history and Bible history combined in Mm -hmm. order. Oh, neat. Um, so I've been enthralled with that, but I am reading this one book called, um, a friend gave it to me. Um, and actually a mentor here that I've met, her name is Carol Hirsch and she's fabulous. Um, it's, but it's called nothing to tell and it's extraordinary stories of Montana ranch women. (gasps) Oh, I love that. Oh (laughs) my goodness. That's awesome. Um, They're all, they're all at least in their eighties and, um, sweet. So, they don't think they have anything to tell, but to hear their stories oh. about how they came in on the wagon and, you know, Oh just, my goodness. Yes. yes. Oh my <laughs> goodness. I bet that is so good. Cause I yes. always, you know, all those Janet Oak, um, books and then like all the movies, the Hallmark movies that are out in the West. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that would be me. And I'm like, Ren, you don't even know how, to, like I burned my biscuits the other day. Like, you know, <laughs> like, and that was a mix and I burnt, like it, they were flat. They weren't. So I was like, I don't belong there, but I would love to hear oh, a story of somebody. You that, back, 
with your bonnet. With my bonnet <laughs> and my wagon. Yeah. That is awesome. I love that. That sounds so good. It sounds, in theory, it sounds good, but not for me. Yeah. But I wish it was. I wish I could make biscuits. Um, okay, so what are you eating? What's your favorite snack? Oh, I'm, I'm a pretty boring eater. <laughs> um, you know, I love chips and queso but yes. we don't have that over here okay can you send me some <laughs> yeah oh my goodness you don't have any uh wait ponchos <laughs> they don't have like tex-mex here it's all like real mexican food really? so we don't have like the white cheese dip right um, <laughs> right i'll ship you some yeah <laughs> but i mean oh my, my snacks God. are like a caveman bar or something it's not exciting what is that <laughs> that sounds healthy too oh it's just like a like yeah. a Nutri-Grain bar, but healthy? Yeah. yeah. Like a chocolate, almond, cashew, okay. you know, paleo kind of bar. <laughs> okay. I know. That's good. That's good. Healthy. The new is healthy. Yay. Okay. What are you loving? Oh, well, we just finished ski season. Um, oh. So we love to ski. My kids are in mourning because the snow is going away. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, the other thing I'd say I love is I have fallen in love with calves. Since oh. we've moved here, I'm surrounded by cattle ranchers, and like I'm it's driving the down the dirt road, and it's calf season, so there are babies. <gasps> I can't call them calves; they're like they're babies. I have to call them babies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they are adorable. Oh my goodness! They're fuzzy <gasps> and small and so cute. Do you go like do you go climb the fence and get over there and hold them or <laughs> or what? No, but I stop and I take pictures and oh. I talk to them. <laughs> My goodness, that's the sweetest thing. So calves, okay, so they're cute and little and furry and, oh, love it. So cute. Oh, my goodness. Yay. Well, that's something to love in Montana. Totally. Okay. Well, thank you so much for talking to me on the podcast. It's been awesome. It's so good to see you. It's been so fun. I know. Good to see you. Tell your kids I said hi and give them a big, big hug for me. I'm so glad I get to see them on Facebook or see you on Facebook. So, yeah. It's great to catch the show. I know. Thank you so much. Okay. Talk to you soon. I told y'all, isn't she the sweetest thing? I loved our conversation so much. Uh, One thing that stuck out to me was how Alicia talked about our identity in Christ and that we are totally forgiven. We are totally accepted in Him. And I love that so much. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I would love if you go to iTunes and leave a rating and review. That would be great. That helps other people find the podcast. I also wanted to remind you about that coupon code FEATHER20 on Shopify for the book Same Here Sister Friend. It comes out April 17th and it's going to be great. It will be delivered in your mailbox and you will love it and order it for your friends. They will love it too. Remember, we're all friends of a feather. Let's stick together and I'll see you next time. Bye guys.